Oh. Um, it's not connect kids. <laughs> no, they've actually unleashed us onto the adults. Whoa. What? And and we've got a really serious topic to share with you today. We have. Um, so we we don't just have fun and work with children. We actually have real lives and real stuff that goes on that's not always easy. Um, so today we're going to share with you a little bit about grief and where we've seen that in different areas of our lives and hopefully share part of our stories that will help you see how we saw God and how God helped us through that time. Why do bad things happen to good people? Does everything happen for a reason? Why did God make this happen to me? As a youth worker trying to explore the big issues of life and faith with young people, we often ask them, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? And those are often the answers. Why do bad things happen to good people? Does everything happen for a reason? Why did God make this happen to me? The fact that I hear people regularly say, everything happens for a reason, really doesn't help these questions. You know, I don't think that everything happens for a reason. The God that I know doesn't sit on a cloud with a big thunderbolt pen plotting how to make our lives difficult. Life is difficult because our world isn't always a good place. There's pain and suffering. Simply, we're humans having a human experience. Our world isn't perfect, so how can we expect our lives to be? I don't think that God's will is the events that we experience, but how we respond to those events. How we handle tragedy brings purpose to our pain. I don't think that God plans our pain, but I do think that he can use it to bring some good in the midst of it all. Not everything happens for a reason, but in everything that happens, we have a reason to bring hope. And on Remembrance Sunday, we remember devastating events. We remember people who have died and we honor those who have paid the ultimate price for the sake of others. We remember and we grieve those who are no longer with us. And I've experienced my fair share of grief. As a five-year-old, my dad died. A few years later, the last of my grandparents had died. And at age 21, my stepdad of 10 years died. And these were really difficult times in my life. And yet, time can heal somewhat, but you never forget and the pain doesn't completely go. You know, I don't think that God planned for these things to happen, but I do think that he used them. As a child without a father, I started to learn what it meant for God to be my father. I had a really childlike thinking about it. I'd go to the park and I'd play football with God, something I'd love to have done with my dad. I'd kick a ball around and I'd simply talk to God. I'd tell him about my day, how I was feeling, what had gone well, what I was thankful for and where I needed him the most. Even though I knew that he knew about my day already, I knew that he cared and that he wanted to hear about it because he wanted a relationship with me and he wants a relationship with you. The death of my stepdad was a little different because I was older and I understood more, but the way that my faith was strengthened during this time 
holds a lot of similarities to Ruth and Naomi. You see, Naomi's strong faith during a difficult time inspired Ruth, who decided to stay with her and embrace the faith that Naomi had. Ruth didn't have to stay with Naomi. She'd have been better off if she didn't actually. Her life prospects would have been better. And the text doesn't tell us why she stayed, but I'd take a guess that what she observed in Naomi when she lost her husbands and sons were the reason why she stayed. Perhaps it was the way Naomi handled grief that caused Ruth to feel such an admiration for her mother-in-law, that she wanted to know her God and embrace the faith that Naomi had. And as a 21 year old, I felt like I had a pretty solid faith, but I had a lot to learn. And how my mum responded to the death of my stepdad really inspired me. In the way that she spoke to the hospital staff with such grace and understanding, pointing them to Jesus by what she said and how she acted. How she still had such joy in how good God is in the midst of the pain. Singing by the hospital bed and being so thankful to the hospital staff who did everything they could. That inspired me to want to have such a strong faith and relationship with God that I could get through anything that life threw at me. And God has given me the opportunity to use my losses to chat to other people about theirs and support particularly young people through challenging times. And it doesn't mean I don't ever get upset about those who have died or that there's no pain. But in the midst of my pain, God has shown me who he is. And he's given me the strength to share my story with others and show them who he is. And he can do that for you too. What has God shown you in the midst of pain? How have you used your pain to help others who have felt similarly? What difficulty are you currently facing where you need to draw closer to your Father God. God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. He knows you and he wants to know you. He'll be with you through all the pain and grief. He will be your constant when life is up and down. One of my favourite songs of all time is In Christ Alone. So listen and reflect upon these verses as you think about what I've just shared. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when strivings cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ, I stand. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever 
pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. I like to know the meaning of people's names. I'm intrigued as it's something that is given to someone at birth. The meaning of my name, Emily Rachel, is hardworking sheep. Lovely. I can identify as being hardworking, but no way a sheep. But let's look at Naomi and Ruth. The death of Naomi's husband and sons caused her to give herself a new name. The meaning of Naomi is pleasant. Whereas Naomi told everyone to call her Mara, which means bitter. Her grieving of the loss of her family meant that she felt that her identity had changed. The person that her friends knew her to be has been lost. The meaning of Ruth from Hebrew means friend, but yet Ruth is mainly identified in this book as the young Moabite woman. Her background of being a Moabite woman gave Ruth her identity and one that not everyone liked in Jerusalem. Yet Ruth was willing to put aside that identity where she says to Naomi, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And that would mean putting her aside all of her cultural heritage, her family heritage. That could be seen as a massive loss in your identity. What identity was she taking on board? Was she willing to lose what she knew to be her identity, to become the person she wanted to be. There was a time in which I felt that I was grieving my identity. Bit weird, I know, but let me explain. Grief is a response to loss. And I felt that I had lost my identity. The constant question of who am I? And I felt that way when I was self-harming. I self-harmed for 13 years on and off and I've been in recovery for 10 years. During those times, I felt totally lost in who I was. I felt that if people knew my secret, all they would see is Emily the self-harmer. Just like when people saw Ruth. They saw her as the young Moabite. Now don't get me wrong, I was fruitful in those times, but I didn't see fruit in my own life. I saw someone who didn't know who she was or who her purpose was in life. I felt lost. That could be for you in so many different circumstances where you feel that you've lost your identity 
And this could be due to death with the identity of spouse, parent, child, friend, sibling. It could be due to breakdown in relationships, spouse, partner in crime, siblings again. It could be due to circumstances in your life, like you've lost your job, you've been made redundant or of illness or injury. All of these add up to who you are and all of which can be taken away. I came to a point in my struggle with self-harm in where I wanted to confront it. I found someone that I trusted in to talk to, who would pass me a tissue when I cried, would give me a hug, would give me a straight talking to, give me encouragement, and kept sending me a lot of text messages with Bible verses to which I could cling onto. And one of them was from Ruth. Ruth 3 verse 11, where Naomi is talking to Ruth. She says, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows of you as a virtuous woman. Like I said, this was Naomi speaking to Ruth, but at that time, I felt that it was God speaking to me, that I am his child and he sees me as a virtuous woman. The fruit that has come from this loss of identity due to my struggle with self-harm has come a lot later in life. I've been able to walk along young people and adults who've been struggling with their identity in being able to point them to our Heavenly Father. People who are struggling with life controlling behaviours, pointing them to our Heavenly Father. Educating others, supporting others through delivering workshops so that they have a better understanding. This is because I remember that when I used to cry in my bed to God, I would cry out and say, something good has to come from this. And I truly believe that something good has come from this. Something good can come from your loss. But you need to go to our Heavenly Father. Hear his voice and direction. And know that our strength and identity is found in him and him alone.